Hello and welcome to Nobody Meet Somebody, the podcast where two comedians who are currently nobody meet somebody. Oh <laughs> shit! Sorry, <laughs> my bad. That's my bad. My bad. All right. I think I'm thinking. All right. Take two. Hello and welcome to Nobody Meet Somebody, the podcast where two comedians who are currently nobody meet somebody who is famous. My name is Mary Picarazzi. And I'm Tanvi Darora. In today's episode, we got to talk with Brian Bates. He's a Nashville comic who has also toured with Nate Bergazzi on the Good Problem to Have Tour. He's also part of the popular podcast Nateland, which is heard by thousands of listeners every week. I'm excited for this one. I love Nashville as a city, and I love the comedy scene there. So I'm super excited to talk to this guy. All right, let's talk to Brian. Welcome. Hi, Brian. How are you? Good. How are you? We are phenomenal. You're out in Nashville? I am. Nice. Are you guys have snow out there right now? No, it's very cold today, but 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 no snow. Okay. I'm just hoping you... we get a guess with snow. Yeah. <laughs> are you guys in San Antonio? Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. It is cold and random. Yeah. <laughs> That's a fair assessment. <laughs> I've been to San Antonio one time, and I think that was the one time I met you. Yeah, yeah, that was a great show. You guys were downtown the Majestic. It's a phenomenal venue. Yeah. Hopefully we'll have you back soon once all this COVID nonsense goes away. We had a crazy incident happen that night. What um, happened? So I was there with, of course, you know, with Nate Bargatze. And after the show, myself and Nate and his road manager, uh, we walked somewhere to eat. And we were walking through downtown San Antonio. We ate uh nice restaurant and then we were walking back to our hotel and there was some I didn't really get a good look at them I looked like teenagers in a park and one of them just started firing a gun whoa <laughs> and I think he was shooting like at a stop sign or something but we didn't wait to find out we just all took off running as fast as we could to our hotel welcome to San Antonio <laughs> I know. That is not a good representation of our city. <laughs> no, you got the you got the whole experience. Not many yeah, people get that. I didn't it's say it wasn't story. accurate. It wasn't accurate, but it just it wasn't a good version of our city. Yeah. Did you go on Google and leave us a review of San Antonio? <laughs> <laughs> but it helped perpetuate the stereotype we have of Texas that everyone's carrying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we can't get away from that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, we have our fun-filled questions today. I have my handy-dandy little sparkly hat because okay. we're that high-tech. Timber, what you got? I got my Pyrex cup because I really want Pyrex to sponsor this podcast. Wow. <laughs> it'll happen. This is it'll happen someday. <laughs> This is how high budget we are. I just want to let you know, we took out (laughs) all the stops for you. All right. So my first question I have is, ooh, favorite city to perform in? (laughs) Well, probably not San Antonio. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I really really like Denver. Um, They have a good comedy scene and good clubs, and it's a pretty city, so – I really like I like Salt Lake City also. I've been there a couple times, and that's a fun city, and they're good comedy fans. That's good. Oh, what made you want to be a clean comic? Oh, that's a good question. Yes, when I when I when I got to know about you, and I read, oh, he's a clean comic. My first question was why. <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, a few reasons. One, that's just my personality and how I was. I was raised, so 
if I wasn't a clean comic, it probably wouldn't seem authentic and I probably wouldn't be able to pull it off. And on top of that, it also benefits me as far as getting bookings because um, there's so many places, corporates, churches, whatever. Obviously, you got to be clean. Right. And uh, so that works in my favor. And even in clubs, I mean, even if you're opening for a dirty headliner, that they don't want you to be dirty because that's their thing. Right. So it helps to be clean even in clubs, unless you're the headliner and then you can do whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. It's like, it's interesting when you see a dirty opener and a clean headliner, it just ruins the show for them. It does. Yeah. yeah it's rare yeah. to see that. Yeah. That's interesting. I hadn't even thought about that. Cause you imagine the crowd that's there, they're there for that headliner and he's clean. Yeah. That's not the crowd you're attracting necessarily, right? Uh, all right. So, oh, this is a good one. Um, so when you do comedy writing, um, do you use electronics, like phone, tablets, or do you do uh, pen and paper? Um, I now do electronics. I think when I first started, I would write it out on a legal pad. And I still write my set list on um, note cards, index cards. But um, as far as just working out jokes and writing them out. I do it on my laptop. I just oh, wow. okay. go with notes and save it on there. I say it's more like Tamvir. I'm, I'm the other, I'm the, I'll go through 50,000 sheets of paper before I go to use the electronic. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're old school. See, I see. I figured I would be the only one that would have ever done that. Um, well, it just depends on how you learn. Like I know I'm a tactile learner. So if I don't write it down, I don't remember it. So it's just the memory cadence too. If I read it like that on the screen, I won't remember it when it comes time. I've done that before. I did it once when I first started and I would forget a whole bit of the joke. And I'm like, dang, come it. But when I wrote it out, I never forgot it. What's a tactile learner? It's you learn by touch. Ah. So yeah. writing to pen you, to you pen. Type pen on the keyboard. <laughs> and you touch the keyboard. I'm not like. Using my wife's okay, I don't know. Right. Say there's a difference, there's a huge difference in learning like a physical Tactile. book. I'm done, I'm done, I can't work with this guy. What's the worst advice you've ever received from someone? <laughs> oh boy, worst advice. Um, I, I don't know if this is the worst, but the first thing that comes to my mind is I've had comics who are dirty try to convince me to be dirty because it'll make my act better or whatever. And I mean, I guess I can't swear that that's bad advice because I never tried it, but I just know me and I know my voice and it, it just would not be a good idea for me to try to do something I'm not. So that doesn't, they don't do that anymore, but early on in my career when uh, I was less established and still trying to, you know, just, find my voice I got, I got a voice I got advice that from comics that were dirty that I should be more dirty and I just don't think that's good advice yeah I mean because me. you have to you have to be true to your to your style you know yeah yeah exactly that's fair Ooh, oh <laughs> that's funny I got the what's the best advice you've ever received <laughs> <laughs> oh equally as hard of a question so maybe that's a harder question for me because I've gotten lots of great advice my buddy Nate Bargatze, he always says the best advice he ever got was whenever you feel yourself being comfortable, it's time to do something to make yourself not comfortable. Nice. Yeah. And in his case, it was moving from different cities. He was in New York for a long time. He got where he could 
get into every club he wanted to and get on stage, but he realized it wasn't a challenge anymore, so he moved to L.A. He's moved a few times. Now, I haven't done that, but um, it's I, I understand his sentiment about if you get comfortable with something, it's time to change it or you won't grow. And um, so for me, it's always trying to write and get better and, and not rely just on my jokes that I've had for a while that I know work. That's fair. Yeah. So you're yeah. out, you're out in Nashville, which I have in business to Nashville. Tanvir has, that's one of our, that's one of my bucket lists. I was like, we, uh, earlier in our episodes, we, uh, we had uh, Manit Chahan on there. Mm-hmm. So of course she has a lot of great restaurants out in Nashville. So I think Nashville is such a booming place right now for comedy and it's kindly kind of ever evolving even more so than some of the more staple places like LA or New York. Which Yeah. What I'm finding is um, it seems like Tennessee and Texas are two states where a lot of people from California are moving to, right? especially during the pandemic when everything's locked down. So we've had a few LA comics move to Nashville just during the pandemic. Oh. And then I know people like, of course, Joe Rogan moved to Texas, Elon Musk. He's not a comic, but people he's are a moving. Comic. <laughs> he might be. He might be. <laughs> <laughs> own way, I guess. Um, so but yeah, yeah. All, the, all the big companies are starting to move over. So that's going to be bringing some LA, you know, flare over. How do you think that changes the scene? I like it. I know some comics that don't like it because now it's harder to get stage time. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a trickle down effect. Of course, with pandemic right now, it's hard for anybody to get stage time. But personally, I like it. There's some more well-established comedians that have moved to Nashville because I think they're good examples to show you how to make it and to yeah. learn from. And and if you're just hanging out with open micers, um, you're not going to learn as much. But if you watch seasoned professionals, you pick up on stuff. Okay. So. We've had a few, like uh, just in the last few months, we've had uh, Theo Vaughn and Steve Byrne and Josh Wolf and nice. Angela Johnson. Um, and I'm probably forgetting some people, but they all moved to Nashville. Nice. That's, that's really cool. I did not know that they all had moved. Moved. I've seen some performances and some of what they posted, but that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe we need to be moving to Nashville, Tambier. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I Come think Texas, Texas is doing, doing good, too. We're doing again. good. My only concern is that LA comics expected to turn the scene into what the LA scene is, which it loses the flair of where the city is. You know, like Austin has a flair yeah. that I wouldn't want changed to LA because we're not LA, right? Right. That's true. And, and I've heard some complaints about that here. I mean, Nashville has grown so much over the last few years. I'm sure San Antonio as well, but we have so many people who have moved to our city that it doesn't feel like it used to feel. And, um, you know, it could be dangerous that if a lot of LA comics come here, it could change the scene in a bad way. True. But overall, I think it's a positive. I think um, I like to learn from good comics. It's a good positive to take from it. Cause I went straight to the negative. So that's probably a better <laughs> way of doing it. <laughs> yeah. There's pros and cons, I guess. <laughs> Speaking of negatives. And I think maybe you gave me all of these negative questions. Well, <laughs> Worst gig you ever have done. Why am I ha- stuck with all these negative questions? <laughs> you set him up. <laughs> I'm just going to change every, every question from worst to best. <laughs> worst gig I've ever done. Okay. There's a, there's a few to choose from. Nice. Okay. Well, this is I really hope it's in Florida because that's 
you really hope what? I hope it's in Florida because I think every worst gig I've ever had is in Florida. So <laughs> you know, it, it's not. But one of my top three or four would be in Florida. I performed that um, off the hook comedy club, which is down in southern Florida. I think Naples or something. And nothing really weird happened. I just bombed so bad. And I mean, it was just the only thing I can remember that was kind of off is the the bar was not too far from the stage. And it was so quiet in there. You could hear the bartender blending up green. (laughs) Wow. So so there'd be moments I'm just telling my jokes and you just hear. And that's all you could hear because people weren't laughing. But my worst bombing that I usually tell happened just a couple of years ago. And um, it happened in my hometown that I grew up in, in Tennessee. Um, I was reached, uh, someone reached out to me from the uh, Wilson County Livestock Association, <laughs> which is in my hometown, and um, asked me to come perform for a group of farmers. Um, and they were raising money for a charity event. I mean, not a charity event. I'm sorry, for scholarships for, for college students. And they uh, said they were going to do an auction, asked if I would donate one of my CDs to be auctioned off. And I said, sure. And then they asked me to come perform comedy. So I called my mom. I said, hey, I'm coming to Lebanon. That's the town. Perform. And you, she called all her friends and she invited everybody out. And it was outdoors, which we know is terrible for comedy. Um, it was in a picnic pavilion and it was about 90 degrees, which I say was also the average age of the people there. <laughs> they had giant fans blowing, which, so the only good thing about that is it kept the tears in my eyes. <laughs> and um, the guy that went before me was from the county property, assess- property assessor's office talking about proposed tax increase. Oh my God. And I'm like, okay, that's a different opener, but at least they'll be better than this guy talking about a proposed tax increase. But I was dead wrong. They were much more interested in him than me. (laughs) They at least wanted to hear about the tax. I just got up there and I bombed and I bombed and I bombed. I don't even think they realized it was a comedy show. I think they, I don't know what they thought. Maybe I was the mayor or something. (laughs) And and they're like, why is he talking about his girlfriend so much? But I just kept bombing, and I remember occasionally I would make eye contact with my mom, and it was just both like, oh, boy, this was a huge mistake. <laughs> and then I, I just I just bombed, and I finally just got off stage. There really wasn't a stage. But you know how when you have a bad show, you just want to go hide in a green room or the back of the – you just want to be alone. Anywhere. Anywhere. There is no green room. There is no room to go <laughs> hide. It's an outdoor picnic pavilion. So I had to sit down, squeeze in with people who I just bombed in front of. Oh, my God. And then they started the live auction, and they're auctioning off bags of feed and cows and all this stuff. And everybody's really getting into it, and they're so excited now. And I didn't care as long as they weren't thinking about me anymore. And then I forgot, though, I donated that CD. <laughs> so the auction here raises my CD. It's like, all right, who wants to bid on this CD from that comedian we just saw? And it got silent again. And no one wanted to buy it. Did and you bid on it? <laughs> no, I just I remember looking at my mom. I was looking down like, please. Your mom, mom at least, yeah, mom's gonna do it. And then I looked over my mom, and she was looking down like, I don't want to have to buy this CD. <laughs> I still have to live here. It was a terrible, terrible, terrible gig. 
Oh my god! How, uh, how did they get past that item? Did someone end up buying it, or did they? Yeah, the guy who hired me, who was kind of organizing the whole event, just to be nice, he bid okay. like ten dollars or whatever just to take it. That's just to get it out my hand. Dang, dang! That 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 gets rougher. The more you, the longer that story goes. Was it those metal chairs? Those folding metal chairs? No, no, no. It wasn't folding metal chairs. It was long picnic benches that you had to oh, okay. kind of like crawl over, you know, to one okay. leg at a time to get in. And my mom rode with me. I picked her up, took her there with pride, and then just drove home with her in shame. <laughs> um, I don't think either one of us talked the whole way home. We just got out of there. It's like, so, no, we're good. We're good. Thanks for bringing that up. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, Tambir. Jesus, so inconsiderate. Oh, hey, you know the questions. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so you got married later in life. Yep. What advice did your friends give you about being married? Tambir and I are both married. Uh, so well, we. How long have you married? Uh, well, not I me. Mean, we're not married to each other, but like to Ooh, my oh, husband. Oh, Jesus. No, no. <laughs> no. Uh, no. Uh, so I've been married to my husband for 10 and a half years. Okay. And Tavir, what are you, a nine? Ten. Ten. Oh, shit. I missed a few years, my bad. It would, it'd be weird if you guys were married to each other, but you're still doing Zoom from separate rooms. <laughs> that's how, that's how, it won't be good at all. That's how it would be. Yeah. <laughs> that would be horrible, gosh. No. I can't be in the same room with her. The echo you would just be hearing. Yeah. No, it would still be two separate houses. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. That makes sense. Um, what advice did my friends give me about, about getting marriage? Well, we went through premarital counseling and, um, that was a good thing. I, I mean, as a comic, I love some therapy, so <laughs> I, was, I was all on board with it. Analyze away. But, um, I don't know. I mean, just, it's so weird because we're getting married so late in life that a lot of the pitfalls that younger couples have, I think we avoided. Um, so we've kind of, and then we've been in, uh, this pandemic almost the entire time since we've been married. So oh. I've been married now for 11 months, but I feel like that's equivalent to about five years. So, <laughs> in, in a pandemic. Yeah. 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 we we're quarantined together. Yes. Yes. Um, oh man. Yeah. I don't think I have any good example. Good. I mean, I got a lot of good advice. I can't think of any. Good one did you sure. get bad advice like before the wedding like you know we, you have comic you know friends that they love to give you know advice all the mm -hmm. time um i mean i'm sure i had some guy friends that said don't do it you're making a huge mistake <laughs> worst feedback you've ever received from a listener um I, you know i we get feedback from people on our podcast we like to to i don't know if you've seen it or, or not but we we pick on each other a lot, and I get picked on the most. Um, <laughs> it's because you're so nice. That's why. <laughs> yeah. And, well, thank you. And then, um, or maybe don't think. I don't know if that's a compliment or insult. Um, but uh, I think I've had people message me and say, you know, they think it's it's real in the sense that they think there's a problem. Oh. People message me saying, "Don't put up with that. You should." You know, uh, get out of that relationship kind of thing. Those are the biggest. Yeah. Yeah. People like that who just don't get the comedy of it and, you That's know, fair. think there's a problem, so to speak. Uh, but as far as advice from audience members or something like that, um, you know, we all had this where someone will come up after your set and give you a joke idea or a <laughs> tag 
I don't think yep. I've ever gotten a good one. Yeah. <laughs> um, yep. Not one that will fit my voice. Again, it's usually something that's dirty, which is fine for some comics, but that's not going to work for me. So sometimes I'll have people and they'll watch my entire set, which at times could be 30 minutes or more. And then they'll give me a really, really dirty joke idea. And I'm like, did you see any of my set? <laughs> what makes you think that would work for me? Well, they spent the 30 minutes thinking of the joke to tell you. <laughs> yeah, instead of listening, I guess. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, yeah. That, that never – yeah. Oh, I hate when people come up. Especially when you – also when you tell them you're a comedian. Oh, it's either tell me a joke or I've got a joke for you. Both of them just don't end well. No. I try my hardest to avoid telling anyone I'm a comedian for that very reason. But sound. I just got through playing in a charity golf tournament and I got paired up with a couple of guys I didn't know and they kept asking me what I did. So I told them I was a comedian and they were cutting jokes the entire day, but they were the hackiest internet, you know, three jokes you'd ever heard. They kept asking me to, you know, now you tell me a joke, tell me one of your jokes. And they didn't understand it doesn't work that way. <laughs> and they probably thought they were they were so much funnier than I was because they're cracking themselves up all day with, you know, dumb jokes. And I never told one. They're like, this guy must be the worst comedian in the world. How much alcohol was involved, though? When you're on the golf course, there's quite a bit of alcohol involved. Yeah, so you get was. real funny when there's alcohol involved. Yeah. So <laughs> I hate funny. that. Yeah, I feel you on that one. See, yeah. I have a I have a worst one too. So two negatives make a positive, right? So this is a positive one. Okay. Uh, worst heckler experience. Oh, nice. The one that comes to mind, I guess, is I used to have a joke. This is many years ago where I said, um, "My this is when I was single." My so like my friends told me I need to sow my wild oats, but apparently I don't know how to farm. And then <laughs> I, you know, I would do things like, "Oh, I don't know, I don't know." If, I can't remember how the rest of the joke went, but when I said that one night, um, this guy in the audience said, maybe you need a bigger tractor. The audience laughed enough where I had to acknowledge it and couldn't just let it go. So, you know, so then I kind of basically gave him credit for his joke. The one good thing from that that came from it, I was videoing my set and I posted that clip on YouTube of that heckling and it got – it's gotten like over a million views. Wow. <laughs> so, I mean, it's not exactly what I would like to go viral for what heckling me, but <laughs> hey, you know, it's comics. We'll take whatever we can get. <laughs> yes. That's why we're in therapy all the time. That's exactly yeah. it. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. All right. This is not a negative one for all sure. Right. <laughs> so, if you were to get a superpower, what would that be? Mm. Um, you know what? I guess I would say fly so I could get to my shows quicker. Um, <laughs> have you ever been late to a show? Um, I have one. There's one time I remember missing a show. Um, it was a show in Atlanta and I still had a day job at the time. And I thought, all right, I'm going to work a half day and then head straight to Atlanta for the show. Atlanta is about four hours from Nashville. Okay. But on the way there, there was a major traffic jam. I, I think there was a bad wreck or something. And um, I'd given myself some padding, but not enough. And I didn't make it. I didn't make it to the show. And I felt so bad. And I got so close. I mean, I was so sp spinning so fast at the end to make it. And 
I just got there a few minutes late, but I didn't make it. Um, what, did the, what did the person, the promoter, say when you got there? Well, it was I was texting with the headliner because it was a theater down there, and he had, uh, um, you know, booked me for it. So I kept texting with him to give him my progress. But um, by the time I got there, I think he was already on stage. I mean, he understood. He didn't like it, of course, and yeah. maybe wish I'd taken a half day vacation instead of working a half day just right. to give myself more time to get down there. Right. Um, I mean, I felt terrible, but um, it happens. So I guess I'd like a superpower of flying so then I could avoid traffic. And if I go to open mic and I'm number 22 on the list, I could fly back home. Three things you would bring to a deserted island. Is it deserted or is it deserted? Deserted. 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 You, deserted. you get the picture. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> three things? Yeah, yes. three things. Uh, my iPhone. <laughs> nice. I'd love to say some type of book, but I'd be lying. I mean, <laughs> I think a book that I've never read, I guess. <laughs> you have the time now. <laughs> yeah. Um, probably some a lot of food. I take that with me. Um, and a life raft, I guess. Uh, um, I don't know. You guys ask good questions. <laughs> I wish I had things in advance so I could have thought about it more. Do you have a pet? We're getting a dog in two weeks. See, you take your future dog. Yep. Your TBD dog. Do you guys have a name already picked out? No, we're working on it. We've we haven't seen the dog yet. The puppy. It's a puppy. Oh. And we've seen pictures, so we've got a we've got a list and nice. and we may wait till we actually get, get the puppy before we decide. That's fair. Feel the vibe. Feel the vibe. Yeah. All right. So we'll say future puppy, a raft, and food. <laughs> or my iPhone until the battery runs down. <laughs> He's stuck on the iPhone, yeah. <laughs> funny if you just use the iphone just to check facebook and instagram <laughs> still here I'm doing, guys i'm doing selfies because it's so pretty there even though i'm about to die <laughs> the right lighting guys just happened <laughs> facebook living, yeah yeah anybody sees this call the coast guard yeah. um all right so one of our second to last questions are any new projects that you're excited about obviously we're in quarantine but hopefully you're working on some fun stuff um Boy, it's times are tough right now. This is the slowest it's been for me, comedy wise, and since I first started, I guess. Um, so, I mean, the podcast we do, the Nate Land podcast, which I'm part of, we're continuing trying to work on that, make it bigger and better, and and whatnot. Um, but. Oh, I feel like a loser now because I don't have anything. To... You're just writing, I presume, right? Getting your next hour ready. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm always writing and stuff like that and trying to get on stage when I can. But I don't have, like, any albums about to come out or any new, you know, specials or anything like that about to come out. So, um... There's potential you know, here, Brian. There's potential. <laughs> you guys have really depressed me about how little I've got going on. <laughs> Well, you, again, you're welcome. <laughs> oh, we try. We try. I think, I think I may just quit comedy now. Right. Before the, we release this episode, we'll probably publicize it this way. Yeah. This episode <laughs> made him good comedy. It's going gonna, it's gonna to actually pick up. Yeah. You know, somebody quit. 
<laughs> in San Antonio, the guy shooting the sign were probably comedians at one point. Yeah. Yeah. I bet they yeah. were. <laughs> <laughs> oh, speaking of writing though, uh, how often do you write? Do you actually have a, like a schedule? Like you set aside some time every day or is this just whenever things kind of like click and you just sit and sit down and write? Um, I used to sit down and try to write some every day because I hear comics like Jerry Seinfeld talk yeah. about how he sets aside time. And then I get motivated. I'm like, you know, I'm going to treat this like a real job and I'm going to devote this many hours every day to writing. But what ends up happening is I just, when something comes to my head, I jot it down and then flesh it out, but I have no set schedule. I'm, I may get three ideas at once. Right. And then I may go forever with nothing new. And I find myself because there's so few shows right now in Nashville to even get on, I find myself less motivated. Oh. I'm like, when am I even going to get a chance to try this out? Like, sure. It's going to be an old premise by the time, you know, mm -hmm. I get to do it. Um, but I, I am constantly writing, but I don't have a set schedule. I kind of just, when it I was in my mid thirties when I even started doing stand-up comedy when I went to my first open mic or anything. So I was much older than, most of the comics there. And, um, and then I did my day job for, for many years while I was trying to do comedy. And then eventually, um, got to the point where I could quit my day job and go full time. But I mean, See, Brian, I you give me hope. You give me hope. I started yeah. at 37. So, <laughs> all right. There so you I go. feel, I feel like you give me hope. I'm like, okay, this wasn't the worst idea I've had. And you're 38 now. Yeah. Oh, so you really just been doing it for a short time. Yeah, a little over a year. I kind of stopped counting during part of the pandemic because we weren't so for me, I'm a numbers person, so I'm like, I can't count this. Yeah. I'm not gonna count this as tenure. So when I met you, you had just started then. Yeah, I was probably like three months in. Yeah. Okay. And my husband got me those tickets for uh, for Nate. And he was like, because I had just seen the special and I was like, I was, of course I'm like fully into it. And he was like, mm -hmm. I got these tickets and I was like, you did? So then mm -hmm. that was that was that because I never I've never sat at a comedy show so close because normally comics are in the back, so yeah. it, was, it was a very different feeling being close to the stage and seeing seeing the show from that perspective. Well, I rarely um, we have one comedy club in Nashville um, called Zany's Comedy Club, yeah, and it's a really great club, and um, we have a couple of smaller clubs around town, but there's only one like really good club I would say. And, um, I rarely have to pay, I mean, I almost any show I can come in and watch for free, which is a great thing. Right. Yeah. But, um, last night I actually bought a ticket and went in and, and just sat down and watched the audience. And it was just a showcase show. It was a fundraiser for, um, a food bank, but all of my friends were on the show. I wasn't. And it was a little weird. Like the whole time I'm like, Oh, like, I'm jealous. I'm not on stage. All my friends are back in the green room, living it up. I'm wondering what they're doing <laughs> Sitting at a table with two strangers watching, <laughs> watching the show. And you had and, to pay for it. Right. Yeah. Was this the one with the eight comics with Nate and Dusty? Was, yes. Okay. Yeah. I saw that. Yeah. Yeah. So yep. Dusty That's... was in town and this guy got to work with him. Yeah. I worked oh, with really? Dusty. Yeah. This is just a couple of months. A month back, actually. Yeah, he's, he's pretty, yeah. I like him. Yeah, he's pretty nice. Yeah, yeah. Dusty's one of my good friends. I mean, most of the guys on that show was are my closest friends. So, nice. 
Uh, <laughs> all right. So our very last question that we ask all our lovely guests. Okay. When someone Googles you, what do you want your autocomplete to be? So someone's going to Google Brian Bates. What's the next words that come out? Boy, another good question. Uh, <laughs> you guys are tough. Uh, You're actually making us feel really good about ourselves. No, I feel really proud of myself right now. Yeah. You know, I guess, I mean, it's very simple, but Brian Bates, comedian, because um, obviously that's why I'm wanting them to find me. And you might be like, well, obviously they know you're a comedian if they're searching for you. But there's a lot of Brian Bateses out there. That's that's there a common name. I'm not even the most famous Brian Bates. There's, there's, you know how sad that is? <laughs> I set up a Google alert for myself like 10 years ago. And every day I have to look on my phone when I wake up in the morning. Other Brian Bates are doing much better things than me. <laughs> they're doing it. And it's never me. There's a Brian Bates in Oklahoma City that's called um, um, how was he? Uh, Video Vigilante or something like that. <laughs> and he goes around and like shoots videos of hookers or something. And like, <laughs> but he's been on all these shows. We definitely got the wrong Brian Bates on this show. I want that guy. <laughs> I know. You should have been Oh my word! Actually, I don't want that guy. I just want his videos. That's all I want. That's crazy. If you, if you Google Brian Bates, I'm probably not the first one who comes up. Probably I saw not. Brian Bates author. That was the big one I saw author, and I was like, okay. So I went down. This is <laughs> what I get. Look oh, you too. One. Oh, Look at the oh, third one. Oh, oh, okay. Brian Bates obituary, and then right underneath that, Brian Bates OKC. That's the video vigilante. Oh, okay, but you're for me, you're four. the first one. Yeah, you're the, you're top. Well, good. I'm, 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 I'm a somebody. Maybe because of this podcast. That's what it is. This is what it is. <laughs> this is the turning point for everything. <laughs> I just want to, my only goal in comedy is just to be the most famous Brian Bates. That's, that's <laughs> the only thing I have. Maybe that's what your autocomplete should be. Brian Bates, the most famous. Yeah, exactly. That's hilarious. Well, well, Brian, that is our show. We want to thank you so much for doing it. We appreciate it. I know it's pandemic time, but we appreciate you taking the time out of your uh, lounging schedule because that is very important. Well, thank so, you. It was very fun. And if I ever make it back to San Antonio, I hope to see you guys in person. Yes, yes absolutely. Yeah, definitely. I hope to see you guys, see you in Nashville sometime. I do plan to yes. come oh there God. sometime. Yeah. 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 That, that, that'd be great. I mean, it's a great city and. Right now, everything's kind of shut down, but um, when so, things get to normal, yeah, yeah, please come check it out. Sure. Absolutely. Bye, everybody. That's our show. We'll see you soon. All right. So we made Brian Bates quit comedy. This was his last podcast, <laughs> last performance, whatever you want to call it. This and was so not quit. our intention. <laughs> uh, I'm moving to Nashville just to take his place because he said so. <laughs> So you're saying there's an opening. There is. <laughs> no, this was a great episode. This makes me want to go see Nashville. I mean, after Manit's episode, of course, we wanted to go. And then COVID happened. This, as soon as COVID gets lifted, Nashville is my favorite place. I want to go. I want to go to it. And hopefully people will adopt me there. <laughs> you want to be adopted? Why not? I'll be a Nashvillian. Is that what they're called? No, they're called Nashvillers. Nashvillers? Yeah. But Nashvillians sounds funnier. No, it sounds a little bit Linus. It sounds a little, I don't know. That is a, edit this out. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, that word was. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, 
That makes you want to go visit Nashville, doesn't it? I always want to visit Nashville. I've been there once, and I I think it's a great place. Now with the comedy booming there, I think, yeah, it's, it's a good time to go there. Well, Absolutely, yeah. After I'll just be a stowaway in your wife's suitcase. They'll never know I'm in there. <laughs> yeah, I'll be ready. <laughs> All right, well, that's our episode for today. Uh, we hope you enjoyed it, and if you did, please like and subscribe down below. Uh, we would love to hear feedback, any kind of comments, and if you really, really enjoyed it, please share it with your friends, family, and enemies. Until next time, I'm Mary Picarazzi. And I'm Tanvir Arora. Thanks.